Hello and welcome to the second Where's the Benefit podcast. The Where's the Benefit podcast is now available on iTunes and if you found us there, you may be interested in our blog at wheresthebenefit.blogspot.com and our Twitter feed at wheresbenefit. No the in that. I'm Deborah, the goldfish, and today I'm talking to my boyfriend Stephen about form filling. This last week we've been working on his disability living allowance renewal form. The Disability Living Allowance, or DLA, is a state benefit which is supposed to help pay for the additional costs of being disabled, such as getting around, preparing food, keeping clean and so on. DLA is probably the most difficult benefit to get, and yet the government are wanting to cut the caseload by 20% and replace the benefit with something called personal independence payment. Stephen, I wanted to talk to you about form filling, because I think this is something that people don't really understand. The, the sheer emotional weight of this process. Yes, it's interesting, isn't it? Everyone has to fill in forms at some point in their life, uh, whether it be a mortgage application or um, a marriage certificate or application for planning permission or whatever. Um, forms are a part of life, but when people talk about the stress of form filling, I don't think they they have known stress in form filling until they have tackled uh, the monster disability living allowance form. In previous years, I have uh, photocopied my um, previous answers to keep track um, of exactly um, what I've said because you you get lost, especially um, coming from someone with an invisible. Uh, chronic illness I have ME and as anyone with ME will know um, and anyone who knows anyone who's gone through the process of living with ME it's a condition that is or has been historically and is still with some people questioned um, it's questioned whether people are actually ill whether they're um, making it up whether it's psychological um, and I mean obviously dealing with the DLA form it shouldn't really matter whether the condition is physical or psychological because either way you have symptoms and those symptoms need looking after but that's easier said than than lived by it, it does feel like you're being judged and um your entire life is being analysed to see whether you are worthy, whether you are um, sufficiently pathetic, whether you're um, doing all you can possibly do to be as well as you possibly can be, whether you're simply being lazy. Um, All of those things are are turned over and after doing even a, a sixth of the form you feel um, like the the next page is going to ask how you tend to top yourself. I think because of the way these forms are worded, there's a there's this sort of mentality of, of you're, you're you're guilty of fraud or you're guilty of trying to swing the lead um, until you you prove yourself innocent. And I also think there's you're you're drawn towards presenting yourself as a kind of archetypal good cripple you've got to have the right dose of suffering 
and the right dose of positivity because you're describing your life and suffering and positivity in a correct kind of way yes it's it's not at all social model is it it's uh it's very depressing do you think that the questions the questions that are asked are relevant to assessing your functional impairment the questions themselves seem designed for no one and everyone if you know what i mean um in trying to um cater for every single person the questions about walking for example nowhere does it simply ask um, why do you have problems walking it says how do you have problems with the speed of your walking how do you how do you have problems with the way that you walk do you walk with a slight limp a light limp i think it says and a heavy limp or do you uh, drag a limb presumably after it's been amputated and you you know carrying it around with you afterwards do you need physical support it also goes on to to ask about um how fast you can travel a certain distance in so can you walk 40 meters in less than two seconds or something like that i can't quite remember the um, speed at which they want you to be traveling but what if you can't travel 40 meters what if you could travel 40 meters if you were pushed down a flight of stairs quickly or you know the lack of um, sensibleness in the questions the lack of care in the questions means that you're constantly feeling battered down by the answers and battered by the questions and it is amazingly depressing you almost feel that that you're particular condition doesn't count because it doesn't fit yeah yeah quite it strikes me that the process of this form filling is the polar opposite of a cognitive behavioral therapy um cognitive behavioral therapy is a sort of applied stoicism that teaches you to avoid negative thoughts and avoid behaviors which lead to those negative thoughts and yet there couldn't be a more negative exercise for focusing on your symptoms, your limitations, the losses of your life. Exactly. It's um, exactly the same um, setup as, as when we learn as uh, good, poorly people not to answer, hello, how are you, with any sort of truth. You say automatically, I'm fine, thanks, how are you? Now, there are negatives to this. You do find yourself in a position where you're not able to be honest with others. But on the the flip side, you do find a certain positivity um, in... I think after you've been ill many years, you forget that you're ill, effectively. Especially if you're able to construct a life carefully in which you're able to um, achieve and be happy whilst minimising the um, damage done to you by poor health. And this is where you need a disability living allowance or any sort of disability benefit because you need 
um, monetary support enable to function in a way where you're not miserable all the time. I like to read very much. I, I've done a degree recently and that required a huge amount of reading. In order to achieve this I bought myself a book holder um, which means that I can set up a book, lie in bed and not end up with pain in my hands and arms and shoulders from holding said book while I read. I still am limited, I can't read for a great deal of time without my eyes getting sore and you know, various other depressing stuff that I don't like to go on about but which I've had to go on about in the form. As it is, I've got a benefit or have had a benefit, I might not have by the end of this form filling process, um, but I've had a benefit which allowed me to buy that book reader and to be able to read and be happy and productive without moaning. As somebody with chronic illness, you don't wake up every morning thinking, goodness me, I'm an ill person, I'm out of work, I can't walk down the garden, I need a wheelchair, I need this equipment. It, it doesn't actually occur to you. And if it did, your life wouldn't be worth living. Exactly. And not waking up thinking I'm a, a poorly person is a sign that you're doing well, that you're using your resources, that you're balancing your life, especially in the case of, of chronic illness. I imagine that it might be very dif different if your only problem is that you're paralysed and wheelchair-bound, um, in that you might not be able to avoid thinking I'm paralysed, but I'm not sure that's true. I would imagine that people just get on. And the the point about a disability benefit is that it's there to allow you to get on. It, it shouldn't have anything to do with how miserable you are unless you're claiming because you're so miserable that you can't get out. And if a form makes you feel so miserable that you have to thump a pillow or so m upset that you end up crying then you end up having to claim for psychological reasons as well as the other ones that got you there in the first place. We all pay national insurance, so in many ways um, claiming benefits is claiming on that insurance that everybody's equally entitled to it when those circumstances arise, just like any other sort of insurance. But I can't really imagine an insurance claim that would be so emotionally loaded as this. Well indeed, uh, recently my, well recently, last year my father was in a car accident and had to claim on his insurance. He had to um, even say that it was his fault that the accident occurred even though um, it was quite plain to everyone from the damage that the other driver was speeding. But because my father was in such a state that he wasn't able to uh, um, call the police, it meant that he had to accept blame. But no one, no one on the insurance team, no one in his home, no one in the streets, no one in the newspapers, no one in Parliament talked about him like he was um, some fraudster or some um, liar or even a bad driver. 
Many years ago, my sister had to make an insurance claim on the grounds of a, a broken nose. It, she was, it wasn't very badly broken, but it was broken, and it wasn't like it had been before. But she didn't have to write an emotional essay talking about how her broken nose had affected her. She just needed the medical evidence. She needed a, a, a photograph of before and after. So even with a, a, a medical thing, it, it wasn't loaded with the sort of emotion that these claims are. And this is where I think that there's a an error in relying on a form for these things like this form. I'm, I'm sure a form could be created, but there needs to be more um, trained, professional and caring um, human interaction with people, which would also cut out the vast majority of these frauds that go on, because any form, when a form is the one thing that's relied upon, can be used incorrectly. If you know how to fill in a form, it's like my exams when I was doing A-levels. I knew exactly how to fill in the exam papers to um, get an A, because there was a set response that if you went through the right process, then you got it. And we know through filling out this silly form that if you stick to just ticking the boxes, which really should be all you need to do if you're going to have some um, other further response, then you don't get the benefit because you need to write in these horrible big boxes and say, oh, my life's so awful, I can't do any of this. Oh. Otherwise, they don't listen to you. And it's a war of attrition. I should point out that the benefit isn't granted on the grounds of merely the form, but it is the main thing. They do contact your doctor and so on, always. And very often they send out an independent doctor to check out. But that doctor isn't always that good. Whenever, um, or the, the one time I had a doctor visit me at home, he merely filled out the form again um, but just asking my opinion on things at the same time he was useless but it, it is as you say a, a very much a matter of attrition so many people I know have been turned down for DLA at some point for no particular reason there's no pattern when it comes to conditions or um, mistakes they could have made they simply test you really to, to see if you, you're prepared to fight for it. And of course the most vulnerable people, the people who need the most help, are the least able to fight for these things. Indeed, and the least capable people in this sort of situation where a form is so destructive mentally, I mean it's it's been destructive to me physically, uh, and the amount of pain that it caused um, is unbelievable. And that was with huge amounts of help from Deborah. Um, and your mum. And my mum. And all of the, the times that have gone before um, doing this form means that I've got all of that experience to, to work on. But it's a huge amount of hours and pain and whatever. I didn't sleep properly last night. I had forms flittering through my nightmares. And that's coming from someone who claims at least to be relatively mentally capable and mentally healthy um, although I do get a certain degree of anxiety from the pain and symptoms but we have seen 
um, blogging against Disablism Day. We saw someone um, who had uh, mental illness who hadn't reapplied for, um, I think it was her benefit, wasn't it? It was Mm -hmm. a a lady. She hadn't reapplied for her benefit because it was too much for her. How can that, how can that be? How can we look after people if we're looking after them with a form they're incapable of, of dealing with? Of course, you feeling you filled in your renewal form um, now. I filled in my DLA renewal form at, well, at Christmas by the time I sent it off. It took a couple of months. But in the next couple of years, we'll both be facing the employment and support allowance assessment. And if the proposed changes go ahead, we'll both have to fill in forms for personal independence payment, which is going to replace DLA. So we're going to have to go through all this all over again. And the problem is it's not just the form. It's the process of filling in the form of feeling judged and then and and actually being judged of receiving a letter um deborah received one saying that um the fainting that she um suffers from is something that she can um make reasonable measures to um uh, guard against which yeah it's fine she can do that if she doesn't ever get out of bed or etc um we're all judged um, in the process of um, gaining benefit, and it's a, a soul-destroying process. It and it, it it changes us from being people to being a set of of conditions, a set of um, problems, and so this makes us disabled. We become worse off through seeking help. Deborah will be all right if she only stays in bed she doesn't have to worry about fainting and that's not what a a benefit a disability benefit is meant to do for people it's meant to help them it's meant to make things possible that weren't previously possible thank you very much for talking to me Stephen. i shall see you later and thank you for listening as i said at the top but i'll say it again the where's the benefit podcast is now available on itunes And if you found us through iTunes, you may be interested in our blog at wheresthebenefit.blogspot.com and our Twitter feed at wheresbenefit.com.